0: The following audio is from First Baptist Church of Conyers. More information about First Baptist Conyers is available at firstconyers.com. Today is a very special day and we have a special service that uh, we will participate in. Let me just run down with you real briefly how today is going to look. When we're dismissed from the service this morning at at about 1030, we're going to ask you to make your way to the outside. You've got plenty of time between that time of dismissing until we officially start, the time where we're going to have a special time of laying that final rock uh, that signifies the fact that. We are debt-free, but there are a number of other things it signifies. It signifies the faithfulness of God uh, through the different transitions and time that we have been in that God has enabled us to be completely debt-free so that we can continue on with the mission that He has called us to do, and that's to win, disciple, and send. Um, I have invited Mark Marshall to come and share with the congregation. Mark, as he was being called here to pastor several years ago, uh, it was posed to him that we were at that point $2.6 million in debt, and the debt needed to be addressed. And I, I really believe that in God's sovereign hand in the body here at First Conyers, God saw that, that Mark had the the ability, the skill set to help us under the Lord's direction, uh, to put together a plan so that we might not only retire debt, but begin to giving more to missions which we now, praise the Lord, will be able to give 100% of our sinned offering to missions. Isn't that something to praise the Lord about? Um, so I've asked Mark to come and, and share his heart with us, and then I'm going to come and I want to share just briefly with you uh, some exhortation from the Word to remain faithful in that. And then uh, I've entitled the little brief time that I'll share this morning is while we have retired the debt, we are not going into retirement. Amen? Amen? We've retired the debt, but we're not going into retirement. Would you welcome Mark as he comes and shares with us Thank you Mark?
1: well what a uh, what a great day for First Baptist Church Conyers and to celebrate and uh, all that god uh, all that God has done. I want to congratulate you on conquering a huge challenge. I cannot be more excited for you. I know what that uh, does, and opening uh, some channels uh, for you to uh, do some things and see some things see God do some things that uh, could uh, could not be done because there were some things that uh, that were hindering that. But uh, by God's grace and uh, by your generosity, two point six million dollars in the past five years. That is amazing. While at the same time, being able to increase uh, what uh, what you're able to do through missions, and now as your pastor just stated, to be able to uh, to do that uh, into uh, into the future because of. Uh, no debt, and the weight of that is there. So, thank you for letting me be here with you today and sharing just a little bit, and um, I'm going to catch up here in just a moment. If you want to take your Bibles and turn to uh, Luke chapter 10, I won't be there very briefly this morning, but we will get there. I promise you that. Those of you that were here... Uh, four years, five years ago, you know that uh, I won't step down from here without without opening God's word with you. So just a brief word from there uh, in just a few moments. But uh, let me say to you this morning, thank you for letting me be here and be a part of this time. Many of you are familiar faces. I know there are some, obviously, that have come over the last several years uh, since uh, since my being here. But those of you that, uh, that are familiar. Thanks for letting me be back and, uh, be a part of a very special day in the life of your church. And, uh, thank you to, to, uh, your pastor, John Mark Oliver. I appreciate him allowing me or inviting me back, uh, for this time. And, uh, I appreciate his generosity. It is not easy for a pastor to kind of open his, uh, open the pulpit up. And, uh, so John Mark, thank you. And John Mark and I've got to know each other over the last several years and what a, uh, what a what a shepherd that God has given this church, and I am grateful for His heart. And absolutely, um, I'm grateful for His heart. Uh, our hearts beat very similar in terms of discipleship and some other things, and uh, and I do appreciate that. We are back in Georgia. Uh, it is uh, it is good to be back in Georgia. I'll talk just briefly a little bit more about that in a moment. Leanne does send her love. My wife sends her love. Uh, She is not here today. We have entered that amazing zone called grandparenting. Uh, Amen. And uh, absolutely, whoever said it, said it best when they said if we had known grandchildren could be that great, we would have had them before our kids, and uh, probably wouldn't have had the kids at all. If I could just have grandkids, it'd be awesome. So we have a, a two-year-old granddaughter, uh, soon to be 3 we'll be three in January, granddaughter named Selah, and if you look up uh, your book of Psalms, you can see that name all over the place, but uh, uh, Brittany and Josh live in uh, South Carolina, uh, Josh is serving as a student pastor at uh, First Baptist Church of Taylor's, South Carolina, so they've just moved there. We thought when we were coming back to Georgia, we were going to be leaving them further behind. We thought we'd go from two hours apart to four hours apart, but by God's grace, we're back now together, and uh, we're only a little less than two hours, actually, to be able to be at their house. Leanne and I are uh, closing on a home in Brazelton, Georgia, here in... Uh, what is the day of the 8th? So we're closing in 12 days. Uh, so they tell me that uh, we're going to be closing on a house there. So it is uh, it is good to be back here. Uh, Leanne is with my granddaughter today, our, our granddaughter today. I say mine. Um, I'll let Leanne share her uh, with me from time to time. But Tiffany, our oldest daughter, is uh, back in South Asia. She is serving there, uh, helping women who are coming out of human trafficking and working uh, through something called fair trade to be able to uh, help them be able to make a living as they uh, as they change their lives and as Christ changes their life to give them a way to uh, make a living. But it is it is going to be back in Georgia. I am now. Part of uh, the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. Some of you may know that as Georgia Baptist Convention. Uh, but uh, the Georgia Baptist Mission Board is serving there with a guy that many of you know and are very familiar with. A guy by the name of Thomas Hammond, who was uh, interim pastor here at one time. And uh, Thomas uh, asked me to come back and serve and be a part of his staff there. So I have the privilege of leading an area called Church Strengthening. We've got about 60 or 70 of our guys who live across the state and uh, work in areas like missions and discipleship and uh, evangelism, next-generation ministry, anything from birth all the way through uh, high school, and uh, also uh, music and worship. I was telling John a few minutes ago, we have a mutual friend now uh, and John Duncan. John works uh, for me and uh, works with uh, music and uh, worship leaders across the state. And so, by the way, John, I, I know how you stay so young looking doing this man you move around that much just weeks ahead of uh, retirement you're going to be you're going to be in great shape so uh, it is uh, my privilege to be able to work with them also working with our baptist campus ministries uh, across the state you know one thing that uh, years provide for us is perspective and uh, i'll be honest with you i'm going to ask the question i'm sure a lot of you have wrestled with i know leanne and i have a number of times over the last uh, several years. Why, why would God bring us uh, to a church and leave us there for such a short period of time as we were here at First Baptist Conyers? I, I wouldn't pretend to know or have all the answers to that question. I do not. Um, I, I don't fully understand all that, but I'll tell you, God used it in our lives. We are so appreciative of the time that is here. Uh, one of the things we feel certain about is God brought us here. Some of you know Leanne was very sick during that time, and to use that time here for uh, God to bring us to the right doctors and medical facilities and those kinds of things. But I, I would like to think, I would like to think that a part of it at least is uh, for First Baptist Church Conyers to launch uh, the move offering and have a concentrated effort to free up resources, to focus on ministry and missions long term. I I would, I would believe that that would be the case. I was looking back over some notes a couple of weeks ago and preparing for this. In 2014, First Baptist Conyers had $384,000 in a mortgage payment that was in the operating budget. In that same year, there was about $487,000 related somehow to, uh, to relieving that debt. And uh, we realized and realized pretty quickly that uh, that was $487,000 that could be used for ministry, could be used for missions. What I found here when I arrived in 2014 was a church that had a heart for missions. We just needed to free up some things uh, to be able to, uh, to be more involved. And uh, so we, we come, we find, we we look at that, and we say, man, there's got to be something else. So we dreamed of what it might be to be in the position to free up all of that, some $400,000 or so, to free that up to be able to uh, to do missions and ministry. We knew that it was going to involve sacrifice. Uh, We knew that it would involve uh, generosity. We knew that it was going to require uh, focus on the part of everyone in the church. And as you well know, uh, we wanted to... uh, to do this while at the same time increasing our resources in terms of missions. We did not want to pause on missions. We wanted to accelerate missions during that period of time. one of the things we discovered, and I know you have discovered, God never calls you to do what he does not resource you to do. And God had called us clearly. I mean, it's clear in his word. God had called us uh, as a church to move and to go. And uh, it, is, uh, it is with incredible pleasure and excitement that I stand here today and celebrate with you. And thank you for allowing me to do that. You know, the scripture tells us we cannot serve uh, two masters at the same time. In Luke chapter 16, verse 13, it says, No servant can serve two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I have the opportunity now to be able to work with uh, hundreds of churches. And one of the things that is holding back, holding a lot of those churches back from being able to do everything that God has called them to do and to see God bless them in ways uh, that God wants to be able to bless them, one of the things that holds them back is that they're serving two different masters, the bank and the Savior. And God's Word clearly says we can't serve both of those at the same time. So I, I am excited for you that you are now free to focus on mission without restriction of the weight of any debt that, uh, that would be there. But as important as that is and being able to get rid of that debt, this is what, this is what my prayer has been for you as you move into this next season of life as a church uh, is to remember the lessons that God has taught you Uh, individually and corporately as a body as God has taught you about generosity. And just kind of keep that in mind as you go forward. I have no doubt that there are as many stories as there are people in this room that have chosen, that chose to participate and be a part of those move offerings, that there are so many stories of God's miracle and God's provision. And God, if we give this and we sacrifice as a family, how are we going to see these things happen in our life? And how are you going to provide for this? And to see God continually do that. And so now this is what is exciting. This is what is exciting. Now, if you take those same lessons God has taught you, and you continue to flex the muscles of generosity that it should now be kind of built into the system, as you flex those muscles, you'll see mission, you'll see the impact of First Baptist Church Conyers go beyond your imagination. If you take $400,000 plus that was in the operating budget just a few years ago, being given to the bank as first dollars coming in the plate goes straight to the bank just a few years ago, You take that $400,000 plus, think about just in the last five years, some $2.6 million and more than that because so much of it went to missions. But if you take all of that, combine that now, imagine what God could do. So a lot of times I know churches get to this place and it's just kind of like, man, we made it. We did it. And you did. And you have but this is not the end. Your pastor's going to share some things with you in just a few moments and, and in the uh, months and years to come of God laying on his heart, but you can accelerate now dramatically what God can do through First Baptist Church Conyers. I know it's been a day or two since we started a move offering, and I know some of you weren't here, but uh, we said when we started, we said the long-term goal here is not to pay off the debt. That'd be great. But the long-term goal is not to pay off the debt. It is to free up more resources for ministry and for missions. So here we are. Now we're not, we're not coming to the end of something as much as we are coming to the beginning of something. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, listen, I, I don't remember my own sermons. I can tell you that, honestly, okay? But I look back at some notes, okay? And we started in Luke chapter 10. I want to just touch briefly on a couple of things we talked about. And uh, so I I say that to say I I don't expect any of you to have this memorized in any way. But I, I want to remind us of a couple of things from Luke chapter 10 that God taught us. And I believe... Wants to remind us of today. And the first thing is that the mission that God is sending us on, and by the way, Luke 10, let me just kind of set it real quick. Jesus coming into Jerusalem, he's about to send 70 out on mission, and uh, he's, uh, he's gonna teach them something. So they're gonna go out, do mission, come back report back, and he's got some lessons to teach him. So he's about to send them out, and there's some things re- that we are reminded of in that passage. First of all, the mission requires that we push aside anything else that might distract us, even the good stuff. If you look at just verse 4, and I'm not going to read this entire text, but just verse 4, it says, Jesus said to them, as he's instructing them, don't carry a money bag, traveling bag, or sandals. Don't greet anyone along the road. Now, that's some strange kind of instruction. Jesus is saying, travel light and don't get entangled in side matters. Because the thing Jesus asked them not to carry, when you think about it, he's asked them not to carry money. He's asking them not to carry uh, travel items. He's asking them not to carry any extra shoes at all. Those are the things. we look at Jesus, we say, but those are essential for the mission that you're, that you're sending us on. So we're going to have to, we, we should be doing that. Jesus, how are we going to survive without these things that we feel are so necessary for us to have? And you know what Jesus is saying in this? You need to trust me. You need to push that aside. If you're going to accomplish the mission, it's going to be that you, by learning that what you need to do is to depend on me. So listen, you have done that so well in walking through this in the last five years. But I would say to you, now is the time to trust Jesus even more. To say, what do you want to do now? Well, what's now in front of us? Because now the beauty of sitting where we sit today, where you sit today as a church, is you get a chance now to look back and say, man, look at all that God has provided. God doesn't just provide for the past, He provides so that you can see and remember what he has done in provision so that you can walk this thing into the future and see even greater things. You also see here the mission of God sends us on a mission of risk. Now, you would think we stepped out in risk five years ago. We did not. Or you would think the year that the, the, the church was relocated to this place was, was the mission of risk. Absolutely, there was risk involved. But now, now does not mean just because the debt is gone, does not mean the risk goes away. In fact, look at verse 3 in Luke chapter 10. He says, now go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Now I, I, And I confess this a number of times when I was here, I didn't grow up in, on a farm. I didn't grow up in the country. I'm a city boy. But this much I know, lamb versus wolf, wolf wins every time, right? So, so Jesus is saying, I mean, this is bad news for the lamb. And so what he's saying is, this is a risky journey that I am sending you on. I am sending you out as lambs among all of these wolves. And there are some steps still to take all the way until Jesus comes back again. There are steps still remaining to take where we learn as Christ followers this mission is a mission of risk. This mission still requires faith, as much and maybe more faith than getting us to this point. You have risked some things personally. Some of you in this room took some big steps, I said, yes, we we believe this is the right direction. If that that were not true, you wouldn't be sitting here debt-free as a faith family, but you are. And what I know that means is that some of you took some risks. Now, here we are. And I would say under the leadership of your pastor, you have got to ask, okay, Lord, what's next? All right, Lord, where, where, where do you want to take us from here? Count on us. We have seen you provide. We have seen you do the miraculous. We have seen you carry us through this time. And as, as uh, Pastor pointed out a few moments ago, even in times of transition, when some of you, I'm sure, were thinking, man, you've got to be what in the world? And even through those times, for God to be able to get you to this place so that you can redream, you can revision what God has for the future, because now there is a big impediment moved out of the way. So you're freed up now to do as God says and to obey. You have learned what it is to risk, to be obedient. And what happens when we're obedient and God gets involved? Listen, you are a great church. You're one of the leading churches in our state. And you have been for a very long time. Your future now is brighter than ever. And what I would say to you this morning is that I, for one, cannot wait to see what God wants to do in and through the life of First Baptist Church Conyers. Thank you for letting me be here to share a little bit this morning.
0: Thank you, Mark. Boy, you're lucky. You get two preachers on one Sunday, isn't that? <laughs> um, give your Bible. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I want to share a few uh, words that Paul had written to this local church uh, in a time, and, and I had said we, we want to realize that we have retired the debt, but we are not retiring. We all know That one of the key factors when one reaches a retirement age that the quality of their life from that point until they go home to be with the Lord, if they know the Lord, is that they remain active, but not just active, but remain active with a purpose. Studies show us and tell us that we're senior adults after retirement if they remain active, not just active on the golf course, but active in a purpose. That the quality of their life, not necessarily the quantity of years, but the quality of their life is far better. And I'd kind of like to use that analogy this morning because it is the habit of many places, many churches, that once a goal has been attained, that there seems to be a sense that it's now time that we can sit back and step back. But I want to tell you, we've retired the debt, but we are not retiring. Amen? In Second Corinthians, chapter eight, you're very familiar with the story, I think, where Paul had written to the church there in Corinth, and there was a great need in Jerusalem, where there was family, there was there was a great need for supply, and and he had been there. And he had encouraged them to, to take part in giving to meet the needs that were there in Jerusalem. And he goes on to say, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying that, that you need to provide and you be without and they be enriched, but that's not the point of it. The point is, is that God wants you to be generous in meeting the need that they have. He uses as an example for this church in Corinth, the church that was located in the area of Macedonia, which had come under severe persecution, and them themselves were in lack. But yet in their lack, Paul encourages these Corinthian believers by the generosity of those in Macedonia who were in a worse state and situation that, listen, these guys were under persecution, and they had great need themselves. But out of that, they gave and gave more abundantly in the midst of that circumstance and situation, he uses that as one example to encourage them to give. Then we come to verse 9. He uses another illustration to represent how we as believers, as Christ followers, should be generous in our giving. And he uses the ultimate sacrifice that that we all sing praise about every week and mostly every day in our lives. He says in verse 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, there are about four different times in this passage that where Paul is talking about their giving, he uses the word grace, and he connects giving to the grace. Of God, and so it is God's grace that enables us to give, and it's God's grace that's merited in our giving, is what Paul is trying to say. But he says, "You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for His, for your sake, He became poor, so that you, by His poverty, might become rich." We're reminded of what Paul says in the book of Philippians in chapter 2, where he tells us to have in us the mind of Christ Jesus, and he uses that example again, how Christ, being God, very God, didn't consider equality with God something to be held on to, but he relinquished certain rights of his deity, and was born, and became man, and, and, and walked in likeness just as you and I are, yet was without sin, and he humbled himself to the obedience of the Father, that he might be crucified at the hands of sinful man. And so he says, in that same way, have, have that same mind in you, that, that Christ, though he was rich, God, very God, as we celebrate this time of the year, he became man so that you and I might be enriched. Can everybody say hallelujah to that? Isn't that great? we're not retiring, although we've retired the debt. We're not going into retirement because if I read my Bible correctly, the mission that Jesus gave in Matthew chapter 28 has not been superseded by any other command. He has commanded us to win people to Christ, to make disciples of them who are able to make other disciples, and then send them so that they in turn might win one to Christ, make a disciple of them, and send them so that they might do what? They might Win one, make a disciple of that one, and send that one. We could go on the rest of the day with that. But the mission has never changed, and it will not change until Jesus comes back again, and we anticipate that day. Amen? Now, look what he admonishes in verse 10. He says, in this matter, I give my judgment. And what I'm about to tell you benefits you. So, So, there is a benefit to us in our giving. Now, I don't like preaching the thing, give to God so you get back from God. I don't think that's what the Bible teaches. But I think just as it is in, in any act of obedience to Him, it always requires faith to be obedient to the Lord. And when we are obedient to Him, there is blessing in that. And so in this matter of giving, he says in verse 10, this, this benefits you a year ago, you started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. Now, Paul is admonishing them in this letter because there was word that gotten to him that they may not be able to fulfill the commitment they made a year ago. And so, Paul's encouraging them, listen, that which you began to do, and here's a key phrase in here, not only that you began to do, but you had a desire to do. You see, that desire points to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our hearts. Left to myself, I have no desire to relinquish anything that I have. Can anybody say amen to that? At my very core, I am selfish, and so are you. But it's God working in us that causes our hearts not only to love Him, but to express that love. Jesus said, if you love me, then you'll do what? You will obey my commands. And so he says, a year ago, you you began to start this process, and, and, and the desire came there. God was working in your heart. So now, finish doing it as well. So that your readiness in desiring may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. Interesting statement that he makes here. So now finish doing it. Finish what you had committed to a year ago to do, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. I use an illustration. Um, Y'all know I like doing projects around the house. I just love doing them. Uh, But if you went to my house, you would see a number of unfinished projects that I had begun a year ago. Now, the reason for that is because my wife keeps adding stuff to the list and I can't finish everything, right? And I hate when somebody comes to the house and I'm telling them, well, this is something I started, but I haven't gotten back to it. And over here is something that I've started too, but I haven't gotten back to it to finish. So I purpose in my mind that I'm not starting any other projects until I finish all of the projects that I've done that I've started. You see, the completion of that shows that there was a willingness to not only start, but to finish what I'd started. And so Paul's admonishing them, listen, finish what you started. And the demonstration that the desire was there will be that you have fulfilled what you started. Now, some of you may be saying, J-Mo, wait a minute, why are you saying this? Because we started the debt relief and now we are debt free. Why are you telling us this? Because some of us may have made a commitment last year and said, Lord, you know, I, I, I know that that I can't argue with Scripture. You want me to give, but Lord, I, I want to start. And and something in there, just like this church in Corinth, may have come up. And whatever it might be, it might deter us from finishing what we've started and in initiating. And my admonishment to you this morning is this: Finish what you started and what you haven't yet started. And there might be a desire there. Put God to the test, as Jesus says, "Test me and see." God says. And be obedient to what he has called us to do. As we've retired the debt, there's a another stirring in our midst that we're moving into now. We began several years ago through the move offering and some of the different areas that we support in our missions giving, our Just read off a few of them. Our Bible Training Center for Pastors, where next week I'll share some pictures where Glenn was just there in Liberia about a month ago, training uh, the pastors. We have 20 pastors there that we're training, equipping them in the Word of God. That we continue in that to supply and support that. We have pastors now. We graduated 30, 24 last year. We have 24 this year in Nicaragua that we are just now in the very first course of the theological training that we're there. Part of your sin offering goes to that. This is one that I'm real excited about. We're going to continue to give and support for Sarah. They they take girls out of the sex industry, and by God's grace, we have this old Boy Scout home that we're now using over here. It is the only facility in the state of Georgia where women with children are about to give birth to children that are being rescued out of the sex industry can go, and there's a family environment for their children. And we charge them $1 a year to use that facility. Isn't that great? That's through God's provision. Thank you. Amen. Some of the others that I'll talk about. Phoenix Pass. The four gays who we support as they're with CREW, Campus Crusade for Christ, Mission Trip Scholarships, North American Mission Board, the International Mission Board, United Hope for Children. We have a couple of families in our congregation now that have foster children that they are taking in through United Hope for Children Jamaica Deaf, but one that's right in our midst that we have set and determined that we know that God would have us be a part of, and that is Nueva Vida, the Spanish congregation that meets here in our facility there's a lot that I could share with about the need that I'm going to share with you in just a minute. In our community there, at the last census, there were about 85,000 residents in Rockdale County and Rockdale County alone. That at, at this point, we estimate that there are probably somewhere around 100,000 residents in Rockdale County until the next census is done. We won't know exactly, but we do know this. We know that 10% of our population in Rockdale County alone have as their first language the Spanish language. It is projected in the next five years that that percentage of individuals of that 10% of the make of our county will increase more than any other ethnic demographic in our community at somewhere around 450%. And what that tells you and what that tells me is that there are a lot more folks coming that speak Spanish as their first language. The majority of them are unchurched. We have right meeting on our campus and they have for the last four years now, Nueva Vida with Pastor Adrian, that, that we together with the mission Committee and the Finance Committee has said, you know what? There is such a need here, and we are tired of seeing small Spanish congregations struggle to buy a building where when something breaks, they don't have the resources to fix it. And we're, we're one with them, and we want to provide a permanent worship service space for them. So, we've got this upstairs mezzanine place that, I'm embarrassed to say, is full of junk that was brought over from Main Street. We don't believe God has given us that space just to store our junk. Amen? Amen. We currently have set aside $125,000 that we've designated. A portion of that has come from the move offering. Some of it has come from the Spanish congregation that we've set aside to finishing that That space that we estimate will be about $250,000 to complete it so they can have a permanent worship center. Amen? And so I want you to watch this clip that uh, was an interview with Pastor Adrian to share with you uh, what is happening there and the potential, I believe. How many of you have ever been in a church plant where you've met in a gymnasium? Okay, good. Some of you have. It's one of the worst environments to try to conduct a worship service of anywhere I know of. I've done church planting, and I've used a lot of gems. Let's watch this clip.
2: Sometimes when I look upstairs, I see
1: a mess. Sometimes when I look upstairs, I see signs of the great work that has happened here at First Conyers over the years. I don't
2: think that the Lord gave us this space for long-term storage. I think he gave it to us so that we can make disciples, so that we can
1: win, disciple, and send. This is all part of our mission.
2: Well, nueva vida in Cristo started with uh, I was uh, planning to go back to Texas, but uh, we were celebrating our uh, uh, daughter's birthday, so families came, and uh, they they uh, they invite me to to teach them to help them. So we, this, this is the way we started uh, after after the birthday party. I uh, I tell them, okay, this is it, this is over. You know, I'm I'm planning to go back to Texas, and uh um, and they said, no, that uh, can you can you keep uh, teach, teaching us? Can you be our pastor? I said, uh, no, no, because uh, you know I'm, I'm leaving. They said, no. So I had to call the association, the convention, and I said, uh, this is what's what's happening. This is what is happening. I don't know what to do. They said. Uh, well, they are your your people. These are people that you evangelize. You need—I mean, would you like would you you—you're gonna leave them just with a pastor? I said, "Oh my Lord, what you do that for me?" <laughs> but uh, finally, you know, uh, I said, "Okay, I will do it for for uh, let's see, maybe let's let's do something." And we were meeting under a tree on the backyard of my house, right there on Millstead Baptist, you know, and the house I was living there. So we started there, and um, about a week later, uh, somebody from First Baptist called me uh, from the mission committee. They they were inviting me to um, to share something with them and, uh, uh, because they were praying. They were praying for a Bible study to start a Bible study in Spanish in the church, and uh, was, I mean I refused to do that because I, my mind was already you know thinking on leaving but uh uh um, they continue they call me twice and finally uh they mentioned to me let's 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 make a deal for a year so that i I accept that because my daughter you know my Annie was already on her in her last year in high school so i said okay let's do that let's do that for a year yes we started with about uh maybe 50, 55 people and then um, uh, after we moved to the building uh, our first year celebration we counted and we were about 153 people and uh, I was amazed what the Lord has uh, been doing during the year I baptized about 23 people and too many more came to receive Christ or so uh, you know that the deal was a year and after the year, they told me, you know, they said, uh, what, do you, what do you think about right now? I said, well, I think the Lord wants me to, t- to stay. <laughs> so we stay, and you know, we just, uh, it's, a, it's amazing how God is, has been working through all, all these years. 10 years later, we are on first baptist on the gym, meeting on the gym, and um, um, we have um, working with about 183 people, 180, 180 people. Uh, we have a great relationship with, with First with Baptist Conjures. Um, it has been a good relationship since, relationship since the beginning, I believe, um, because they have been supporting us in so many ways. The buildings that we, we, where we started just belong to First Baptist, and uh, just belong to them, or, uh, and then, uh, um, but right now we are here in the gym, and has been a good, very good relationship with the uh, First Baptist. Um, um, our goal is to continue um, growing and continue our relationship with First Baptist, a strong relationship. And um, uh, for Nueva Vida, uh, I want to grow more, not, not only in numbers, but uh, also with the vision of uh, reach out the Hispanic, keep reaching the, the Hispanic community and planting new churches uh yeah pastor Jamo and i we have been uh talking about that and uh uh we we are praying about it right now we ch- i mean we're working together right now we we're making a lot of things together we are we have a, um, a spirit of unity and um we we uh, we have the same vision and on on that you know and the future, we uh, we believe, both of us, we believe that uh, it's, uh, uh, God is leading us to do that to become a a new church. I mean, a uh, one church blended church, Hispanic and First Baptist. It's the plans. This is uh, the the plans is in God's hands, but uh, I'm excited about it. Yes. Sir.
0: Isn't that exciting? Well, you sound excited about that. Isn't that exciting? It's amazing what the Lord's doing in that. John, I want to ask you to come and lead us as we exit out. By God's grace, we'll not only see in this coming year that upstairs facility finished and completed, but the continuation and as the Lord would lead to add others where we might support in our missions giving and be a part of that. I encourage you to be a part of that, above and beyond what you normally give in your regular tithes. And be next Sunday. Be praying about the, to the Lord, how He would have you participate. Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Conyers, located in Conyers, Georgia. For more information about First Baptist Conyers, please visit us online at firstconyers.com.